How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from The Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your weekend show, Saturday, October the 10th. Today, I have a guest host joining us. It is uh, Kato Sepp, and he is going to be sharing his thoughts for the Baldur's Gate 3 Early Access. So I'm going to throw it over to him, and then I'll be back at the end. Kato, take it away. It has been 19 years since Baldur's Gate 2 Throne of Ball capped off the Ballspawn saga. With Larian Studios at the helm, this drought is finally ending. And there are many reasons why fans should be more hopeful now than they were with the last aborted attempt to bring D&D back to gamers. Even at first glance, it's very apparent why Baldur's Gate 3 is launching in early access rather than having a full launch. Characters in dialogue sequences move their mouths for maybe half of their lines, cutscenes and dialogue options seem to be missing, and my first character's patchy facial hair is looking less like he forgot to bring his razor on this adventure, and more like he caught a horrible illness, covering his face with pixelated black squares. The game needs a serious coat of polish, but if you go in expecting that, the underlying game is looking like a strong contender for the title of greatest computer RPG ever made. Playing Dungeons & Dragons with a pen and paper is all about freedom. While video games may have a graphical leg up on D&D, they are always going to be limited by what the game programmers put into the game. Baldur's Gate 3 is also going to have these limitations, but I have never felt more free playing a video game than I have here. Baldur's Gate 3 is based around the combat systems found in Larian's series Divinity Original Sin, but it has been massively expanded both to fit with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and beyond. Added are options you may find in the 5th Edition player's handbook, such as dashing, helping allies, or shoving enemies. But along with these expected options are other unexpected things, such as being able to dip your weapon into environmental obstacles. For example, if there's acid on the ground, you can dip your weapon in that acid to add acid damage to the weapon for a few turns. Jumping is also added, which creates a huge sense of verticality into combat, and also gives players a way of jumping over small fires or other obstacles. The current player options are limited compared to what Larian has promised, but even right now, players can easily spend hours customizing different characters with six of the main classes being represented, each with at least two subclasses. While character customization shows you the suggested options based on your species, You can override these to make a green-skinned human, or a pink tiefling if you'd like. If you're familiar with Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, you'll feel right at home with the choices here, with nearly every class feeling mostly identical to the pen and paper counterpart. The major exception is the ranger, which seems to be altered fairly significantly, but as anyone who's played a 5th edition ranger can tell you, this is for the best. If there is one aspect of Baldur's Gate 3 that feels light at the moment, it's dialogue. Even with many different dialogue tags giving player characters special options, the dialogue currently lacks a lot of nuance. After watching an NPC demonstrate a particularly horrifying act of cruelty towards a child, I was mostly only given the choice to immediately call them out on their crime or claim it was an accident and side with them. It would have been great to have a bit more of a nuanced opinion on the situation, and I'm hoping that more choices are added over the early access period. Now, one question I know many people are probably asking is whether they can play Baldur's Gate 3 without knowledge of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and the answer is absolutely yes. I still have plenty to explore in the early access build, which clocks in at about 25 hours of content in a single playthrough, 
or one act of the overall game, but I have yet to see a single reference to the story of the original games. I have strong reason to believe there will be some connections down the road, but I'm doubtful that these will be anything more than some familiar faces and casual references. Nothing that should keep a new player from enjoying the game to its fullest. As a fan of the original games myself, my expectations were high leading up to Baldur's Gate 3, and so far, Larian has only exceeded them. The game is out now on Steam and GOG, as well as Google Stadia, and is going for the full retail price of 60 US dollars. There's no harm waiting for a more polished experience, although Larian has suggested the full release is at least a year out. But for those looking to play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition in a video game, or for those who can't get enough computer RPG goodness, Baldur's Gate 3 is already looking to be one of the best examples of the genre to date. Okay, a huge thank you to Kato for telling us about Baldur's Gate 3. And hey, if you'd like to hear more from him and from me, feel free to join us for the TGO podcast, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash gaming underscore observer. That's going to be all for now. Back with the mailbag tomorrow and with the news on Monday. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, folks, TGO after show. I thought that was a, a really good review for... Baldur's Gate 3. Because there's a lot of questions with a game like this, right? A lot of eyes are going to be on it no matter who's making it, because it's been like 20 years since the last game. That's a big deal, considering it's one of the most well-known, probably, RPGs of all time, right? Or at least, certainly, the, the most well-known D&D game of all time. Okay, that's probably even a stretch, but nonetheless. A lot of eyes are on the game, right? And a lot of eyes are on Larian Studios, no matter what they're doing. So, having them in combination, there's a lot of questions. And I think uh, Kato did a pretty good job of answering them. And he's a good person to answer them, too. He, he's played both of the Baldur's Gate games. He's extremely excited for this game and is going to be looking for the best out of it. Which means that he is a better person to tell you about it than I am, considering I have not played the other Baldur's Gate games. I'm probably not going to play Baldur's Gate 3 until it is officially released. And I've only played the first uh, Divinity Original Sin. So, anyway. This is something that I'm kind of hoping to do more in the future, with people not just like Kato, but, I don't know, I'm trying to see if I can outsource some, you know, some kind of guest host situation. A lot of podcasts will do guest appearances, right? Like, I think most of the podcasts that you know about are gonna be people talking with guests. Except I don't really get the opportunity to talk to guests, because I only have five minutes. And, you know, with news, it's also a little bit harder. And then also coming on to say, like, hey... You know, I have a podcast, but not a lot of people really listen to that, at least compared to the, the daily updates. So it's harder to get guests in that way. So anyway, I'm thinking along the lines of like, hey, prominent content creator, or I get, it doesn't have to be prominent, but you know, somebody who's having a good time making content about video games. You want some kind of promotion, just send me like a three-minute audio clip talking about anything interesting, and I'll put it on the show. I feel like there's some fun opportunities there, because... Now it's something that they can create on their own time. I am pretty flexible about what would go on the show as long as it's, you know, well-produced and interesting and relevant to you. And then it's just not a huge commitment, right? They just have to send three minutes of audio. That's not bad. They'll get some promotion out of it. I'll get some content out of it. It's a win-win. So uh, anyway, if you know of anybody that is, you know, not a major content creator because they're probably not going to spring for someone like me, but someone who has some kind of some kind of audience that... Uh, you know, wants to hear what they have to say. No promises, but there might be something possible there. So anyway, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently, actually, because 
You know, the more I think about the Gaming Observer evolving, and this was in the five-page PDF brain dump that I talked about a while ago, the more I think about TGO long-term, the more I'm like, I'm not really interested in being, like, the only content creator. Don't get me wrong, I think the, the show itself is really strong, I think it brings a lot of value, but there are so many interesting things that people create and who are also working, like, minimum wage jobs or are doing it freelance and not making a lot of money. And I would really, really love to just be able to say, hey, I can't pay you a lot of money, but I can pay you some money. You know, maybe the equivalent of a minimum wage job or something like that, or a part-time job. Come create content for me, uh, really anywhere. YouTube or, you know, they wouldn't take over this show or anything. It would be an addition. But I can, I can see the Gaming Observer as a larger brand that has more people creating things for it that are extremely good quality. Because there is very much... A, a lack of companies being able to pay for really good freelancers. I know there's a lot of talent out there that would bite at, at, you know, a manageable budget from my end. Which isn't to say, you know, like, I'm not trying to take advantage of anybody. I really do want to pay these people what they're worth. Unfortunately, I just don't think I'm ever really going to get to that point uh, as a solo creator. Anyway, it's definitely a, uh, a nuanced kind of situation. And we'll see how it plays out, right? So anyway, all of that to say... Cheers to Kato for coming on, and uh, I'm going to try and have him on a little more often to do reviews. If I can ever get my hands on review codes, I feel like he's much better about talking about it than I am. Anyway, until next time, folks, farewell. <laughs>